see you here this morning. Uh, Cindy and I are back from our trip uh, to Europe, which was a really great time. Uh, we were gone for a total of about three weeks. We were two weeks in uh, London and Germany. July, we celebrated our 35th anniversary, so we knew the Germany trip was coming up. And so we swung through London for a few days for our anniversary. That was fantastic. Uh, met Alex Barrett's grandmother, who's a hero of ours. And uh, she lives about an hour by train outside of London, so we're able to go see her grand Ruth. I have to tell you her story sometime. It's a really good one. Um, but spent four days there and then went to Germany for a week to help Martha Moore, uh, who is a lady who used to be a part of the Christian Challenge Ministry at the University of Southern California. She was on staff there for a couple of years, and then she went over to, to Germany to start student ministries over there, and God's used her to, to start up three student ministries in Germany, and then she, she had to leave the country for a year uh, for, because of her visa, and she went to Spain for a year and started a student ministry while she was there. She thought, oh, I've got a year, might as well start something up here too. And so God's really used her. It's amazing uh, to be a part of that, but Cindy and I went, uh, we spoke at a church plant in Braunschweig, Germany, which is just inside West Germany, what used to be West Germany, now it's all one, of course, but just about 30 miles from East Germany. Uh, and then we went to Cologne uh, for uh, the conference, and uh, Cindy did a, a workshop there, and I, I spoke several times and did a workshop at the conference, and... Um, Really great time to see what God's doing there. Um, one of the things that struck me is, you know, England's great because they speak the same language. But in Germany, I, I had never, I'd been on three other trips to overseas to countries where they speak a different language. But I was never the logistics guy. We, Cindy and I were doing this on our own, so we, I was the logistics guy. So I had to try to figure things out. And... Um, so basically what, what happened is I experienced the, the consequences of the Tower of Babel. Um, <laughs> you know, when, when, when everybody spoke the same language, we tried to build this tower to heaven to show how great we are. And God said, no, I'm going to confuse, confuse the languages so that you won't do that. You know, our pride brought that on us. And I, I remember in Germany, we were, we were driving around. I said, Martha, I really need, I need a, I need a Deutsche Bank because Deutsche Bank has an agreement with Bank of America, I could get euros out of there. So anyway, she, she goes, oh, there's one. She drops me off, and I go inside, and I think, I can't read any one of these signs. I have, you know, there's several machines, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm trying to figure it out. I go to one machine, and it takes my card, and I think, I'm never getting it back. I, because it was the wrong machine, and I can't even read the screen. So then I said, oh, that word looks like ATM, so I'll go over there. And I, I, by the grace of God, I, I figured it out, and money actually came out, got my card back, and it all worked. But honestly, in there, God does these kinds of things. When, when he brings these consequences to our pride, uh, he, he brings them so that the frustration we experience will drive us back to him. And, you know, I'm in the bank, and it was a little thing, but I'm thinking, God, would you please help me figure this out? And that, that's what he wants. 
He, he wants, as we're, as we're working through the frustration of life as we know it, because it's really a, a life that's fallen from his original intent. He, he made the world, it was good, he put us in it, and things were going smoothly until we rebelled. And that Tower of Babel is an example of rebellion that cost us. And he, he builds this frustration in not as a tyrant who wants to make us pay, but as a father who wants us to learn to depend on him. Because we, we don't want to. We don't really like that. And so uh, we live in a fallen world, and it's the frustration that that drives us back to him so often. And we're talking in this series about functional team, what it means to be a functional team in church life, and you can see the word dis is lined out there. And that's because it's we, we're, it's so easy to become, it's kind of natural to be a dysfunctional team <laughs> or whatever it is. But what we've been doing in this series is we've been looking at the backdrop principles and values that we use in church life that God's laid out in Scripture that help us be a functional team. Um, the church in the New Testament, a, a major metaphor for the church, which is actually a reality, a spiritual reality, is that the church is a body. It's the body of Christ. And when you become a Christian, he puts you in the body and he gives you a role to play. And like any other body, uh, the church needs a skeleton. A body without a skeleton can't move. It can't do anything. It would be a blob of skin and organs on the floor and blood. It'd just be a blob without a skeleton. It wouldn't be able to go anywhere. And so just, just like a, a human body needs a skeleton what we've been doing in this series is we've been peeling back and looking at our skeleton, the organizing principles around which we try to operate. And so the first week we looked at our mission, which is basically to love God and love people. In short, we have a longer one. Uh, that's our mission. Last week we looked at uh, specifically our heart attitudes, which show us how we are to love one another. How do we love God and how do we love one another? Some practical ways to love God and love people. And as you become a member of Church in the Valley, we look through these and you covenant with other members to grow toward these, to work toward these. We, we aren't going to be perfect. As you look at those relational attitudes in Scripture, which are really just pulled right out of Scripture... Uh, you realize we're, we're not going to be perfect in these. No, nobody's perfect, but we covenant to work toward these because God wants our involvement in church life to strengthen us, to change us, to, to help grow us. And then he wants that to spill over into every other area of our life. So today, this is the third message in the series. And we're going to look at the backdrop values that we hold for personal and projects, personal values and project values that we hang on to. And this is how we want to approach life and projects. So anytime we approach a project, a task, or, or, or face a challenge, the attitude and the values that we choose 
in our approach to them are, are most of the battle, really. Nine, 90%, I would say. And they make the project either a tremendous joy or a tremendous pain. I mean, think about it. Think about the last project that you've worked on. Maybe you're in the middle of it right now. You're working on a project, home repair project, maybe with your spouse, with, with spouse without your spouse. Um, it, it, maybe it's a major, major assignment at work. You're working with coworkers, um, maybe a class project, or, or some other way that you're working together. Usually at the start, you're, you're pumped. You know, you're enthusiastic. You have a vision. You can maybe if it's a home improvement project, you can actually see it completed. You're 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 envisioning what it's going to be like, so you're motivated. You're really going. And then, depending on the size of the project, it's quite possible that over time, you start slowing down in your in your momentum, and you get tired. And maybe the mess factor and the scope of the project starts wearing you down and it starts cluttering your mind. If you're like me, you get stuck. On at, Toward the beginning of a home improvement project, I'm usually stuck. You know, I, I don't have the tools, I don't have the... So I YouTube it or something. But anyway, whatever it is, there's usually a point where you hit a push-through point where the motivation that you had at the beginning is gone, and now you're going to have to push through and decide, am I going to keep going, or how am I going to do all this? What am I going to do? You begin with enthusiasm, but there's always this point at which you get sloppy. Life's chores are always challenging. They, they, they just are. I, For instance, I had a bunch of guys help me with laminate flooring in our house. We laid a bunch of it. Tons of laminate flooring. And the last room was our bedroom. And we finished the bedroom. Three weeks later, there was a leak. And I had to pull up half the flooring in the bedroom. And I couldn't talk about it for about three days. I just, Cindy would try to, you know, women, they work things out by talking about it. Men, we just got to gotta go inside ourselves and think this out. It, typically, that's typically how it is. And I just... I couldn't talk about it for days. And then, okay, here we go. Lay it again. Here, you know, I just did this, but here it is. I just had to let it simmer. Life's chores are always challenging. You always hit points like that. I mean, we, we just should expect it. Whether you're working on home improvement, an assignment at work, an event, or a project at church, it's just you're going to face challenges. They challenge our attitudes. They challenge our endurance. And they always, almost always cost more time and money than we estimate. <clears throat> we have to dig deep to do it. So life is full of challenges like this. Uh, hard and steady work is required for parenting. You know, I, I don't know. Everybody, everybody I know who after, before they have their first child, they, you just can't wait. You know, this is going to be awesome to have a baby, and the baby may look a little like me. This is going to be great. But, boy, it turns into a, a lot of work. And you love the child, but they keep waking you up at night. And, you know, it's just, it's just there's challenges. It's the way it is. School is a challenge. Work, home life. 
what you find is the way we approach our work makes all the difference. The way, the way we approach it makes our difference in, in the way we do it. So this is what we're looking at today. How, how does God want us to approach the, the work that we do in church life? And then how does he want that to spill over in other areas? And church life is no different. It's full of challenges. As we go to work together, actually, I think some of the, the, the well, I know, as we work together, the challenges are, are often supercharged by the enemy, by Satan, because he, he comes against, there's this resistance to what we're doing. He doesn't want us to make progress in church life. This happened with the conference we were at. The conference in Germany was, uh, uh, it was the, the theme of the conference related to evangelism or sharing your faith with, with others. Well, the enemy doesn't want people to get better at that. He doesn't want us to learn how to do that. And so there were things going wrong, uh, heading toward the conference. And then on the first day of the conference, uh, the, the guy that was kicking the, the conference off the main session that night was a German guy, and he got sick. He got so sick he wasn't going to be able to do the conference. And so I hear about this in a meeting, and... You know, in my mind, I'm going, well, okay, I'll, I'll offer to, to speak that night. So I went up and offered to speak. She said, well, it would really be better if it was a German, and, and I understood that. And so uh, a, a mutual friend, a guy had spoke, a German guy had spoke the day before. And uh, what, was, what was fun is, carrying on the conversation with him about him possibly being the speaker that night because he really didn't have a lot of experience doing that. And we were talking, and his name was Tomas, Tomas Koch. And I said, Tomas, it, it looks like at the very beginning of the conversation, it looks like God gave you a promotion just now. To I was thinking to the main speaker of the first session. <laughs> and... Um, about five minutes later, he said, I think I'm reading between the lines, and you're saying I should do this. <laughs> yes, Tomas, I think you could do it if you'd like to do it, if you, if you feel up to it. And he stepped up and, and did a fantastic job. And he, he started it out by painting a picture of how dark Germany is. And he's from East Germany. He's from Jena in East Germany, and in his city where he lives. He grew up in that part of the country. In his city, there are 0.7% Christians in his city. So a fairly large city. 0.7%. And so he, and that's a generous assessment of the situation. There are 10 churches. I think the city's probably at 200,000 at least. So very, very dark. But he st stepped up and Filled the gap. And this is what happens as we set out to do what God wants us to do. There's resistance, there's challenge, there's adversity. And we begin with enthusiasm, but we hit the push-through point where we've got to decide, what am I going to do with this? Um, and when you, when you remember the purpose, you understand that the enemy is going to come against you, you, you work through it. For example, it, we, we brew coffee in the morning. If I'm brewing coffee 
And I realize that I'm brewing this so that we can create a welcome environment for people so that they have a memorable experience. Uh, it, it helps. We're, we're actually creating an atmosphere here with what we're doing on Sunday mornings. If I keep the purpose in mind, it makes a difference when I'm tired, when I hit that push-through point, when I've had a rough week, or uh, when the team's short-handed. Over time, our chores in life, sort of like gravity, uh, cause our attitudes and our approach to sort of go downward in the wrong direction, in a negative direction. So it's at that point that we have to choose. How am I going to push through this? Am I just going to get it done and just check it off the list? Or am I going to push through and try to do it with everything I've got here? How how am I going to approach this? The question is not, as we get things set up, we, we do something like a barn raising every Sunday here. <laughs> you know, we, we set up the screens, we get the equipment out, the, the, the truck rolls in, we roll the containers out, the, we set up the kid zone, and, and everything gets set up. And the question is not, did we get it done? Did we do the job? But the question is, what kind of wake did I leave in my path as I got the job done? Because you can get it done in one way, and you can check it off the list. But at the same time, you accomplish the task, but leave a wake of damage behind you. What God's concerned about, how do we live life, and how do we operate in a way that really blesses people as we work together? What's important to God is not did we get everything set up or did we get this done, but did we set it up in a way that really blessed the people around us. So we're going to look at the right approach to our work that strengthens everyone. This, this is what we're looking at in this message. Usually in our, in our messages, we, we dig into a verse, we dig into a passage, several verses in, in a passage, and we pull out principles and we, we look at how that applies to our life today. In this message, it's a little different. What we're doing is we're looking at how we apply the, the Word of God, how we apply different passages and principles in the Bible to the work that we do. So it's going to feel a little different this morning. But right now, we're looking at the right approach to work that strengthens everyone. Let's look at the outcome of our work that Paul uh, says we should have God used him to write about two-thirds of the New Testament. He started several churches throughout the Roman Empire uh, during the first century. This is what he says. This is the outcome. He says, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. So this, this is the outcome. Each part working properly that builds the body up. Both as a, a, a corporate body of the church and each individual part. We grow when each part of the body is working properly. Just like a human body, the church body is healthiest and most effective when each part's doing its part. When one isn't, then 
there's a weak point, there's a problem. When each part's working properly, however, this gives us the maximum amount of growth and effectiveness, both as a church overall and individuals in the church. So let's look specifically at how to work properly, as Paul says here. And we're going to look at what we call our personal project values. We're just going to walk through these. This is a description of how to be a functional team out of the Scripture. Um, first of all, faith is, is the first project value. Um, these tend to challenge our native tendencies as we work together. We have native options. Like, I, I prefer to live by sight. You know, I like to see how it's going to turn out. And I don't like to have to just start without knowing for sure that I'm going to have a guaranteed return for my effort. But this God is always going to arrange our lives so we operate by faith. Um, when we approach it, a task, we need to take a faith edge. What, what God's going to do is he's always going to give us assignments that are beyond our own resources to pull off. And here in church life, you know, we've stretched to, to launch a church. We've stretched to add a campus. We've stretched to do things. And he, this is the way God is. He always gives you a little more than you can handle to stretch you to trust him and learn to rely on him in this moment. This, it's important to walk by faith, to know that God's in control, and that as we do our part, we can trust him to do his part. He's going to come through and, and arrange life to work out the way he wants. A uh, second value that we hold is serving. Jesus himself, he's the one we follow, he himself said, I came to serve, not to be served. This is why I came to the end of the world. I stepped into the world, and I came into the world to serve others, not to be served by them. Now, this is the one we follow. So serving isn't just something we do because chores have to be accomplished. Serving is what we do as we follow the one who, who gave his life for us and set the ultimate example for us in how to live. Humility is another value. Jesus showed us that in his kingdom, all these values are upside down from our native tendencies, from the world at large. And, and humility is a huge value in the kingdom of God. Now, in Los Angeles, we, we have two most valuable players from both major league teams, the Dodgers and the Angels, two MVPs, and a Cy Young winner to boot. You know, the best pitcher in the National League who happened to be the most valuable player and it's too bad we can't trade up for a world championship. But we got, we got the most valuable players. Okay. The interesting thing is there will never be a most humble player, <clears throat> most humble player award. You, you know, like on the news, this guy, he's the most humble player on the team. Most humble player in the league. But the interesting thing is that's an incredible value for making a team work. Because if you approach others in humility, it means you defer to them, you, you respect them, you treat them like they're better than you, 
You know they aren't. You know that they're equal to you, but you relate to them as if they're better than you. And you're able to work hard at something and still accomplish the the goal without ruining relationships. Because pride, the opposite, repels. It, it repels people as you work together. Excellence is another value of ours that we hold dear. Um, and excellence can very easily sort of become this bent toward perfect, perfection. But excellence, by our definition, is doing the best we can with the resources we have. That, that's what it means to be excellent. And we, we want to take what God's provided and do everything we can with that. Teachability is another. I have a friend whose father wrote a book that was a, a very well-known ministry book in the 70s. And uh, it, was, it was called The Seven Last Words of the Church. And that was sort of a play on Jesus' last words to the church in Revelation. But the seven last words to the church. And the seven last words of the church were, we've never done it that way before. <laughs> and he was writing the book because he was, he was advocating being open to flexibility and change and doing things differently in order to be effective. Not just to be different but in order to be effective. And we hold that, we, we try to evaluate what's going on in church life and be open to learn from others and to be flexible, to, to do it in a way that somebody may, may suggest that's, that's very helpful direction in that. There are two ways to learn, either the hard way, by getting your own knots on your head, or... An easier way by learning from somebody else who's gotten knots on their head. Trial and, trial and error or by being teachable to others. It's a legitimate shortcut to learn from others. And so we hold that value highly. Another one is just the, uh, another personal project value is the value of people. We, we want to treat people uh, as important like God, God does. God values every person on the face of the earth. Uh, and gives us dignity because we're made in the image of God. And so we want to love people and use things. We don't want to use people uh, and, and love things. So since people are vital to God, then we, we hold them up in high regard as well. And then patience is another one. It's always tempting to quit right before the fruit is about to get ripe. It's tempting to quit just, you know, plowing is no fun, uh, doing the maintenance, the pruning, the work on the, on the trees uh, or, or the, the, the plants that are bearing the fruit. Uh, it's always tempting just to get tired and give up. But we do everything we can right now and wait for God to bring the fruit. And then another value is buying up the opportunity. This is the way God tells time. He doesn't, he doesn't look at the watch and tell time in minutes and hours, but he tells time by opportunity. And he brings up opportunities, and we want to make the most of those opportunities as we move forward. God wants these values to change our approach to the way we work and the way we handle our responsibilities. And we have ample opportunity to apply these every week here as we do our barn raising in Church in the Valley. 
I'd like to give you an opportunity to hear from Mike Garcia. Mike, would you come on up, sir? Um, Mike's the leader of our hospitality team who works here every week with a team of people to uh, create a welcoming and uh, inviting environment here at Church of the Valley. Um, Mike and his wife, Tunisia, have been um, members of our church for about six years or so. And I wanted him to come up and just share how our personal project values have challenged him and helped him grow in, in the Lord. So, Mike, first of all, which of these values have been most challenging for you to live out, and how have they been challenging? Um, actually, um, yeah, there, there's several that are, that are challenging. Um, the first one um, just is the value of excellence. Um, this is challenging for me because um, it really takes a lot more energy and effort to um, accomplish something, approach something with, with excellence, um, rather than just, uh, oh, this, you know, this is pretty good or this will be good enough. Um, and really, to be honest, uh, I, a lot of times I'd like to just take the, you know, the easy way and, and uh, not, not put in really an excellent effort. So the challenge for me is really to resist that that natural tendency and um, uh, really uh, think about how to handle things with, with excellence. <clears throat> and really, this, this comes up in a lot of different areas, um, serving a church, um, working on projects at work, and uh, even you know, handling responsibilities at home. So um, another value that's challenging for me is um, buying up the opportunity. Uh, this one's challenging just simply because a lot of times I'm not looking to um, to make the most of opportunities. I'm not looking around for for opportunities, and so it's easy not to not to notice them. And I find if I'm not really intentional and uh, about planning to look for or respond to an opportunity, then it'll just pass by, and I'll and I'll miss out. And uh, so the challenge is really to be uh, more proactive and. And uh, ask God uh, for help to, to show me opportunities uh, that come up. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Um, how has God grown you as you apply these values here at Church of the Valley? How have they, how have they spilled over and helped impact other areas of your life? <clears throat> uh, one is, you know, as I've um, kind of teamed up with people here and to work on events or uh, being a part of a team that we're kind of pulling together and trying to accomplish a goal. Um, I've, I've always really appreciated the, that a high value was placed on excellence. Um, and, you know, that's really, um, that's, that's really been helpful to me to kind of see that value played out um, in the context of teams and accomplishing something um, with excellence. Um, that's really been helpful um, for me to see that. Um, and really, over time, um, it's made it easier for me to apply that value in other areas of my life. Um, you know, just, uh, you, I, I think specifically, um, this has had a big impact for me at work, you know, in the area of excellence is, you know, with my job, I've, uh, a lot of my assignments, you know, allow me the opportunity to, to kind of work independently and, um, uh, you know, uh, but which is nice, but you know, along with that is sometimes the you know temptation to kind of be a little more you know take the easy road and um, not work as hard. 
And so one thing that really, you know, comes, the, the Lord brings to mind for me a lot is um, just the verse um, in 1 Corinthians 10.31. You know, uh, whether you uh, eat or drink, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. Um, and actually, quite often that, that verse comes to mind as I'm, as I'm at work. And just as a good reminder for me to, um, uh, to work with excellence. And, and by doing that, that really, that really honors God. And actually, when I do that, I'm, I'm more productive at work, and um, that's a benefit to my, my boss and my coworkers. Great. Um, with um, buying up the opportunity, um, one way that I've grown is just I think I'm more I'm paying more attention um, to what's going on around me, to the areas that I'm involved in, the uh, people that I interact with, and um, so I think I've been more more um, uh, open to, to looking for opportunities. And um, one thing that's really helped uh, with this is um, teaming up with other people and really other men who, um, who do this well. And, you know, God's really used um, their example um, to encourage me and challenge me to really look and make the most out of opportunities. Good deal. Um, what motivates you to keep living these values versus falling back into kind of what you'd normally do? as a team with others? Um, you know, the main thing that, that motivates me is, is uh, you know, I've experienced the goodness that comes with living these out, and not only in my life, but really seeing um, how that's impacted, you know, the lives of other people that are living these out. So that's really motivating to me. Also, um, something that motivates me is um, having knowing that I have two kids that, you know, are, are looking and picking up on the things that I value. And so I know that really me living these values out now is really going to help them uh, in their future, too. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate you sharing. Thank you. Mike was just describing the challenge and how working together, God encourages us through that. And the way it works is, we, we sort of build these muscles uh, that makes us stronger as a body as we work together, as we, as we live these values, as we try to not just get it done, check it off the list, but live these values. So if you're new to Church in the Valley, uh, we don't feel like you have to you know, live all these out perfectly or whatever, but we're striving for these, and we mess up, we miss the mark a lot. Uh, if, if you've been around a while, just this is a refresher to remind you, this is what we're going for. We're trying to bring honor and glory to God. Uh, Colossians says, sort of same thing, 1 Corinthians says, whatever you do, work heartily as serving the Lord and not men. We, we want to work with everything we've got to bring honor to God, and that ends up being a blessing to those around us and to ourselves as well. I'd like to wrap up the message today, ask the band to come up if they would. If you'd take out the connection card that you looked at earlier, uh, it's in your program. If you take that out again, and maybe you want to finish completing it, I have some next steps to suggest as a result of what we've looked at in the message. Um, please take the time to finish completing any information or to mark one of these next steps that you may want to take and then when the offering comes around uh, you can place it in the basket that'd be great
But the first one would be, ask God to help me grow in a specific personal or project value that we mentioned. Maybe God spoke to you through one of those that you want to really ask God for help in growing. Um, A second step would be to ask God for strength just to to handle my responsibilities in a way that pleases Him. Maybe gravity's pulled you down in a negative direction on handling some responsibilities, and you want to just ask God for help with that. Uh, There may be something else God said to you through the message, uh, and you want to make note of that. That'd be great. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank You for the truth we, we see in Your Word and for... The challenge it is to live in a way that brings honor to you. I pray that you'd help help us want to do that more and more, to honor you and glorify you in the way we live, that you might be pleased with who we are as a church and who we are as individuals, Lord. We ask for your help and strength in taking these next steps that we might please you in them. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.